When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Thank you, Jonathan. Now we bring in to the show from Yahoo Sports, covers the NFL draft all year round and is already starting to lose his mind, I noticed from Twitter, um, Eric Edholm. (laughs) What's going on, Eric? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm hanging in there. I, I'm, first of all, I'm sorry I missed both of you guys down in uh, India. I was bumping into walls and uh, you know trying to find my way out of the you know the convention center most days. But yes, I am uh, trying my best to keep my sanity here. Yeah, it is a whirlwind. I, I read Peter King's article where he went like minute by minute of all the things he was doing, <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of what it's like. And then it gets to be very late, and you're like. Yeah, I don't know why I'm sitting in this hotel watching Vic Fangio wander by me. Like, what, what am I even? What am I even doing here? Um, so here's where I want to start, Eric. Is we've both done draft sims, and we want you to grade our draft sims. We want you to tell us okay. whose draft sim is better. Now, keep in mind that the likelihood that we actually get these players on the board for the Vikings, where they are at 25, 58, and 89, is not. Super likely, but we're going to tell him to you anyway. So, Courtney, why don't you okay. give Eric your draft sim first with your three picks? Sure. Hi, Eric. Um, Hello. I had I went for need, and I think Mike Zimmer, as we've talked about, would really like my draft sim. I went with Trayvon Diggs at 25. Yep. He was available to me. A lot of cornerbacks in that group uh, were around. Then I went Antoine Winfield with my second round pick because safety, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is going to be a need if they are inevitably not going to be able to sign Anthony Harris back because he could probably make a ton of money as a free agent. He might, and good for him. And then I went with Sadiq Charles, the left tackle from LSU. Um, yeah. I'm thinking with Riley Reef having a 13.9, I believe, million dollar cap hit this year, they'll be like, okay, you're entering the late prime of your career. You're fine. We need you right now. Give Sadiq Charles a year to season in this offense, in this scheme, because he's athletic and he's big. Um, and he can probably play in an outside zone scheme and then either keep him at left tackle or move Brian O'Neill in 2021 to left tackle and have Charles go to right tackle or maybe he's just your swing tackle and you end up trying to you know strike this again next year. So those are my three right. rounds. Okay. Are we grading these? Like, should I grade it now and then wait till Matthew gives his? Or why are we doing this? Uh, okay. Well, I'll just, I don't know if there should be any bias thrown in here. Yeah. So maybe you should just grade it now. Uh, okay. Why don't you grade it now and then I'll give you mine. I, I give that about a, a solid B plus, and I actually like the picks 
you know, I think Diggs makes, I mean, makes a ton of sense, obviously, and not just for familial reasons, but for positional reasons too. Although I do remember uh, Rick Spielman a year ago, you know, saying that he may not be able to go home if he drafts another corner. I think that's out the window now. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I like that a lot. Makes a ton of sense. Long arm guy. You know, the uncertainty with with Rhodes and everything. I, I just I, I can see that. Winfield, he's grown on me. You know, the, the more I've watched him, the more I've appreciated him. Absolutely could feel that. I mean, really, he's like what Anthony Harris became, you know, just a playmaker, a guy who finds the ball. So it's like a apples-for-apples apples switch there. The one that scares me a little is Charles. And I wrote about him a couple weeks ago. I talked to him down at the Combine, and he was probably one of the four or five names I heard the most with pressing character issues that need to be addressed you know he had a six game suspension last year it just depends on their level of of risk in the third round I mean I I had some people say that you know he may be off their boards he may not be somebody they take until day three skill wise it makes perfect sense but you have to feel comfortable with a player who's broken team violations every single year he was down there. So that's the one that I'm a little hung up on, but I really like the other two picks. What, what, what was he suspended for? Because we have a saying on the show, always draft the weed guy. <laughs> I don't well, know that if was it was that. That was, yeah, okay. that was part of his suspension, but as I was told, it's not just weed. You know oh, what I mean? Right, and right. I think people, obviously, as we get into an era where you know, I mean, marijuana isn't considered like, you know, the the, the, the devil's plant anymore, I think, <laughs> for a lot of people and everything. But, uh, yeah, I, I it's it's beyond that. And really, it's a case of maturity, too. And he's not even 21 years old yet. So yeah, and he you know, left look. after his junior year. So Right. The I mean, other... when I was 21, I was doing some dumb things, too. And I wouldn't have taken me with a third-round pick, though. <laughs> um, one thing I want to jump in here, because I was debating kind of heavily between him and, it's a, I think it's Barch, Ben Barch, the tackle yeah. from St. John's. So yep. small school tackle. The guy with the delicious smoothie. Yes, the one who yeah. had the smoothie on NFL Network yes. during his yeah. uh, after his workout. What are your thoughts on him at with with a third-round pick? Because it feels like that's kind of the sweet spot. He was... I think projected about 50 spots just in the ranking, whatever draft board I picked for, for my draft. Mm-hmm. And he was a little further down. I know the risk you run in taking small school offensive linemen. We, we sat with Rick Spielman last year after the draft and he kind of went through just, you know, a lot of them not being as polished the type of competition they're going against and just kind of the yep. deficiencies sometimes that you see in their game. Would that have been a safer pick for round three? That's a great question, right? Because it's two totally different sets of risk that you're taking. One is, you know, big school. You can't get any bigger than the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line, the national champs, versus the kid who played against, you know, future dentists. You know, and I mean, <laughs> I mean that's great, right? But uh, as I said to Barch, I walked up to him in, at Mobile, in Mobile for the Senior Bowl, and I introduced myself. He's a great kid. I'm, I don't know if you guys have had him on the show or anything, but – he, uh, I said, hey, man, I've actually watched you on tape because in the scouting community, finding tape of him was a little tricky at one point. But he said, which game? And I said, it was the St. Olaf game. He said, oh, you mean the game where I stood there and did nothing for two hours, basically, <laughs> because teams would put their worst rusher against him, thinking that why would we, you know, why would we bother? He's so good, right? <sighs> Down at the Senior Bowl, though, I'll tell you what, playing against SEC guys and, and Big Ten guys and whoever – he held his own. He looked really good. Now, I don't know if he's a guard or a tackle. Some teams may want him inside. 
But I think you start him at you, you you start him out at tackle and then kick him inside if you need to. But he's smart, he's driven, he's got a lot of charisma, he's athletic. He's just there's a lot to like about him and I just had no clue what to think of him until I saw him in Mobile. I I think he's a top hundred guy. I think he's gonna go somewhere between 75 and 100, so that's right at the beginning of that range. I also think that Spielman shouldn't go home this year if he doesn't draft an offensive lineman. I mean, last year, (laughs) PFF has them 27th in pass blocking. He's just unacceptable with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback who's not mobile. So now I'm going to give you mine, and you can decide what what I end up with here for a grade. So I got super lucky. I don't think this is going to happen, but this is how the draft sim played out. Tristan Wirfs was my pick at 25th overall, the guy who had the freakish wow. combine. I know, I was surprised yep. that that happened, but that's how it played out. And maybe if people yep. think he's a guard, it becomes plausible if they're not convinced he's a tackle. In the sure. second round, I went with Denzel Mims, who had a freakishly great combine and a good uh, senior bowl for my understanding as well. And here's the one that, depending on who you are, you might either love or hate. In the third round, I took Jalen Hurts. So I went all offense, and Mike Zimmer's head exploded all over TCO Performance Center. (laughs) But it didn't last year. They went all offense the first four rounds. I think if they did it two years in a row, especially with all the players leaving, that he would be extremely upset. But what what do you think about going on the all offense side for the Vikings, Eric? Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't even considered the fact that, I mean, obviously you do try to look back, hey, what did we do last year, you know, and that sort of thing. That might be my only reservation because, I mean, you just got – three fascinating players. Now, I will say this, Jalen Hurts, depending on the teams you talk to, some are saying, you know, look, we probably wouldn't use a pick on him until day three, and, you know, we'd have to adapt our system and all that. But, you know, if I had to just guess, you know, having not spoken to the Vikings about Jalen Hurts, I would say that that's one of the places that would make some sense to me, where, you know, look, you, you, you're still figuring out whether you're going to extend Kirk Cousins or if he's going to be the guy beyond this year, and you have to – groom somebody behind them that makes good sense and if you want to mix them in for a little bit of a different look here and there i don't have a problem taking kirk cousins off the field for a play or two or a series that's you know so from the back forward that's the pick that i have a little bit of reservation with but i mean i think he's going on day two i just think some team's going to fall for him and, and just say character athleticism competitiveness it's all off the charts we'll 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 work with the other stuff. Yes, he needs to speed up his clock. Yes, he's got to figure out reading coverages a little bit better. But still, you know, everything else is just great, huge checks with the box. But I would say the chance of getting worse at, at 25 and then Mims, you know, a month ago I would have said Mims is available there. Now I'm not sure at all. So it gets a high grade for me, but the likelihood of it possibly playing out that way feels a little low to me. Yeah, so I feel the same way. <laughs> I'm grading it on a yeah slightly scale here. I want just say it's better than Courtney's. No, don't do that. <laughs> Give me this moment. In a of vacuum, it is. But right, I mean that's like saying you know taking a trip. No, that, to that's Hawaii the end of the interview. Tomorrow. Thanks, Eric. Uh, we're good to go. That's all I needed from you. It's better than Courtney's. You said it. We're done. I want to jump in there on Jalen Hurts. Yes, and and that brings me to Jalen Hurts. Um, Yeah. Because I remember I heard a few things flying around last week where someone had him as as high as he's the fourth best quarterback in the draft to he's, you know, a day three pick potentially. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like all over the place. 
I want to go on the the former though. Is there a possibility he is like the fourth best quarterback? He's a playmaker. We've seen what he did at Alabama. We saw yeah. what he did at Oklahoma. Why isn't he in the conversation? Like, why is Jordan Love kind of trumping him at that point? And it's going, you know, a one, two, three, and then up for grabs. Like, why can't he be in that? Or maybe he can. And that, and yeah, that, he might. I mean, it, it's he's a dual threat guy who lost four games in his college career. You know, the leadership quotient, the the toughness that he's shown. Um, you know, I don't think he has a special arm, but I think he's been able to make all the throws. You saw him work in a vertical offense this year. And, you know, I mean, for me it was – the problem was he held on to the football for so long because he was so confident in his own ability to scramble and buy time and let his guys get open. That's great in Lincoln Riley's offense. Do I realistically think he can – hold the ball as long as he did in, in the NFL and get away with it? I really don't. I don't think he's that Lamar Jackson level athlete, and he's not that Patrick Mahomes level arm talent. So, you know, he's kind of three quarters of the way there on both those guys, and to me, I'm still really intrigued. And again, if you're willing to remake your offense to fit his skill set, you could have something special. I don't know if it's year one or year two, but maybe. So, I don't know. I, I just, I'm, it's going to be a team specific fit and you got to have a great plan for him, but it's hard not to love the guy. Just, just hearing him talk and watching him perform. I just, there's no way he can hold on to the ball for as long as he did and, and get away with that in the league, I don't think. You know what I like about all the quarterbacks that aren't Burrow and Tua, who everyone seems to agree are good and will get taken at the top of the draft. The other ones are sort of a test for what you see and what you think will win in the NFL. Someone like Justin Herbert, to me, I just don't see it. I think he's got a pretty low chance of succeeding in the NFL, but yet yep. everyone has him really high on the mocks. I watched tape with him with Sage Rosenfels, you know, former NFL quarterback, and he's like, he, yep. lo- he looks stiff, he's not accurate on short stuff, and most of the NFL is short stuff, and his situational awareness is pretty bad. He doesn't seem to make people better. All those things are massive red flags but he is tall does have great hair and throws it super hard but i look at someone like jalen hurts and say okay you know there are a lot of quarterbacks who things aren't perfect remember when deshaun watson threw the ball like 11 miles an hour at the draft but he, right. he finds ways to make plays he has special leadership quality when you say high character immediately it strikes me as okay that that kind of is what it takes in the nfl though so i like this that and, and love is the same way where it's High potential, but low floor. I, the, the middle group of quarterbacks is super fascinating. Absolutely. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, that's the thing. And, and you know, I tend to think that the league is changing where we're, we're kind of getting away from the Justin Herbert-type quarterbacks. Again, they have a place. I'm not saying that they can't start in this league. But you're right. I mean, you could even see it in his combine throwing session. He was aiming on the short stuff. He was just trying to sort of feather it in there and get it there. It's almost like there's a little bit of a mental block on some of those shorter throws, which is kind of wild when you think about it. When he lets it rip, I mean, it's, you know, and it's 12 to, to 18 yards down the field. He's got as good an arm as almost anybody in this draft, and he'll be right on par with some of the better throwers. But he's going to more fit that kind of a little more old-school pro-style intermediate passing game, whereas – you know, as this Mahomes effect and Lamar Jackson effect starts getting people to change their minds about what a quarterback is and isn't, you know, I think people are more open to saying, sure, we can design an offense that has college concepts and that that plays to the strengths of of a Jalen Hurts or a a Jordan Love or somebody like that. I mean, even, 
you know, even Tua and Burrow to a degree, I think you're still adapting a little bit. So why not take it all the way and play to exactly what these guys do? So, yeah, again, I don't think Hurts is exactly for everybody. I've heard it. Some teams love him, some don't. But, man, I, I still just have a hard time seeing him getting out of round three. I think he'll be there somewhere in the late round two to to, to round three range. Somebody's going to just say, I believe in this kid to be really, really good. So on that note of quarterbacks, Mel Kuyper over the weekend made the argument that a team like Washington should take Tua at number two. Mm. Um, and I know that this is kind of the, the topic du jour of the last few days of like, is it a smart decision I mean, obviously, a, a franchise like Washington, would it would not surprise me if they do end up doing something like this, because it just sounds so absurd. Because right. I love it, though. I like, think it's a great idea. Well, well, my, my brain goes, well, immediately, if the Giants take Chase Young at four, and he's playing your team twice a year, and he's sacking Dwayne Haskins <laughs> or Tua Tagovailoa like, for the next however many years, then it looks like a complete awful decision. But then in, in, in when you run it back, you think, okay, the 49ers had a Jimmy Garoppolo problem in the Super Bowl, and the Kansas City Chiefs had Patrick Mahomes. The line between greatness with quarterbacks, I mean, it's very identifiable, and that maybe that's what they need to, to continue this turnaround that they're having uh, and now under Ron Rivera. Do you like the idea, or do you scoff at it like I did initially, but I am coming around now, just to be clear? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same department where you obviously positional need quarterback trumps all. Pass rusher would probably be second or at least second or third on most people's list. So, you know, it, it's not as if guys like Chase Young aren't highly desired. I mean, he may end up being my top overall graded player. However, when you factor in the positional need and you say, look, a healthy Tua, don't forget, you know, we two years ago or even a year and a half ago, we were talking about you know, tanking entire season for this guy is a good idea that, that, a, that a team like the Dolphins should take this, this approach because he is that rare. He's that special. I may not be quite there on him as a prospect, but I love the accuracy and I love the, you know, the toughness he shows. And look, I mean, Dwayne Haskins is not Ron Rivera's guy. Bruce Allen is not in the building anymore. We saw in Arizona with Josh Rosen what happened there. They take him 10th. They trade up for him. The next year, he's out for quarters on the dollar, you know? So it's not the most absurd or unprecedented thing we've ever heard because we just saw it play out with Kyler on our one pick. So if he tests out medically and they have no, you know, as few concerns as possible, it, it wouldn't be the craziest thing because you don't have a quarterback that you believe in. You don't really have a chance. All right, Eric, before we let you go, who are you mocking to the Vikings when you put out a post combine mock? Yeah, so are you? You sound like my editor too. Like, when is this thing coming to me again? Right, I haven't yes. seen Hurry it. it I'm looking for it. Yeah, I know it'll either be late tonight or first thing in the morning. But uh, so Diggs, I believe, if I remember correctly, went off the board a couple picks before, so he wasn't available. I think I took Christian Fulton, so hmm. not as long a corner. Yeah, corner from LSU. You know, the guy who's really was the second-best corner on his own team last year with, with Daryl Stingley there. But I, I still like him, and I still think he's going to be a first-round pick. He ran well this weekend, answered the questions about athleticism. He's got some toughness to him. I don't think, the, you know, there were some character questions after that academic fraud thing. I think those have been mostly answered by teams. So I, I think he there's a drop-off at that position, and I think based on the way other corners tested – 
it, it feels a little steeper than I thought maybe a couple weeks ago. So I would like it there. Would it be a home run pick for me? No, it would be like a B or a B minus pick. And so, uh, you know, I think that's I think that's where I ended up. Always draft the academic fraud guy is less catchy than always draft the weed <laughs> the guy. Weed, the weed guy and the academic fraud guy, right? Yeah. Uh, follow him on Twitter. No, you know what it was? It was a drug test. I'm sorry. Oh, I just okay. Then let's go. Yes. Th- then we're in. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Getting my prospect uh, character. <laughs> at Eric underscore Ed Holm covers uh, the draft extremely well for Yahoo Sports. We always love catching up with him. Thanks, Eric. Maybe next combine we'll get together. Yes. All right. Well, I love you guys. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. All right. You. Thanks, Eric. Take care. Eric at home, another person with an underscore in their Twitter. And I just, like, what planet did these people come from? They pro- put- he made it a while ago. I know we've talked with him about it. should it be on against the, the law. Well, you're just mad that I got a better draft sim score than you did. That's not, that is not true. He said mine was better. Yours was more realistic. He was trying to play both sides they of the fence. He said yours is better in a but vacuum. said mine was better. I think, I don't know, when Jonathan plays it back, I'm not going to hear that uh, in, in a, a vacuum, vacuum comment. Part. I'm just going to hear Matt's was better. <laughs> and um, All right, so we've got a trade in the NFL. Yes. We also have Alex Boone has an announcement to make when so we return. So um, looking forward to this. And then routes that are blazing hot. They're so hot. That will happen at 3.30. So um, this is fun. I love doing whole hours where we just draft him and then talk about it. Uh, that'll be a regular thing, for sure. We'll be right from back. from now for the next seven weeks. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, free agency will recklessly speculate as we get into it once we know how much cap space they have. But for now, the draft simming will be happening quite often. All right, we'll be right back uh, with Alex Boone here. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. More new deep dives are available on Minnesota Sports Rewind, including two new episodes on the Johan Santana trade and the craziest season in Minnesota Vikings history. Minnesota Sports Rewind, available on the Score North app, Apple, and Spotify. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. 